0: Look around you there's so much work to do this world is in no condition for us to simply sit back and watch there is a tangible desperate need for Jesus a glimpse of hope in the midst of hopelessness Jesus experienced this He saw it firsthand. The need broke his heart and filled him with compassion. He turned to his disciples and said, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. This alone should stir our hearts. It's a calling, a calling to make a difference to share the truth of the gospel, to be a light in the darkness, to be the church. It's time for us to look beyond ourselves, to turn our focus to the field, to answer the call and passionately share the love of Jesus. This is our mandate. This is our mission. Are you ready to do the work?
1: Excited to be in the house of the Lord this morning. Excited to worship King Jesus with you today. But first, we're going to set the scene this morning, okay? Let's set the scene. You're running a little late to work, and so naturally, you hop in the left lane, okay? Hop in the left lane. You're on your way to work. You're going maybe five, ten miles an hour over the speed limit to get where you need to go on time, okay? And all of a sudden, you come up behind a car that's going five miles under the speed limit, in the far left lane. You quickly hop over to the right lane next to him and you you, you floor it forward and you look over to your left. It's a teenager they're in there and they're on their phone going 5 under in the left lane. How does that make you feel? How does that make you feel? You're on your way home from a very long day, and you stop at the grocery store. You just need to get one quick thing before you make it home for dinner. You need to grab, whether it's a gallon of milk or some eggs, something along those lines, and and you hop into the lane with just one person in it. Beautiful. This is going to be so quick and so easy. You hop into this line, and it's an older woman, and she scans her gallon of milk, and then she begins to look through this big purse, that she seems to have brought everything but the kitchen sink. And she's digging through this purse, and she's digging through this purse to find this mysterious coupon for her gallon of milk. And you are in a hurry, remember, and you're waiting behind this woman, and she's digging through, and she's digging through, and she finally finds this coupon, and she scans it to get 10 cents off of her gallon of milk. (laughs) You are in a hurry. Fine, whatever, she scanned it, we're moving right along, right? And all of a sudden, she pulls out her checkbook, To write a check for a three dollar gallon of milk and very slowly she fills out this check and and how does that make you feel in that moment? You're driving home and on the corner you see a woman with her children and uh, she has a sign that says no work anything helps. What does your brain do in that moment? Does it go to an assumption of what you think she may probably use that money for? Does your brain automatically start thinking about all of the hiring signs that you've seen down the street on the way here? How do you feel about that woman standing on the corner? A little personal, you're heading to the voting booth for elections and and on your left you see someone next to you and it could be two opposite ends of the spectrum it could be someone next to you and they have an lgbtq flag wrapped around them or it could be someone next to you with a big bright red make america great again hat how do you feel in that moment what is your head and your heart's reaction to that what presumed assumptions are you making about that person before you even talk to them Every day, we are provided with hundreds of moments in our busy lives to show bits of compassion. These moments can can flood us in all different areas, on the way to work, at the grocery store, on the way home, in more personal settings like voting, in elections, any sorts of ways. We are provided with hundreds of moments to show compassion day to day. How often do we show the compassion versus being frustrated, or annoyed, or sometimes even angry? A lack of patience. We're gonna talk about this today. We're gonna talk about compassion, and I wanted to set the scene this morning before we dive into worship and before Pastor Jason brings the word this morning. Are we too busy for compassion? What does Jesus say about that? How did Jesus go about being interrupted in the Bible, being interrupted by people who were nothing like him? We're gonna talk about that today and we're gonna head back into worship. Would you pray with me? Father God. Your spirit is alive and well in this place, Lord Jesus, and it penetrates our hearts this morning, Father God. Our prayer is that we would come into this place, Jesus, humbled and prepared for whatever it is you have for us this morning, Jesus. God, sometimes it's hard to show compassion. Sometimes it's hard to be humbled in areas that we need to be humbled in, but you show us the way and your ways are better jesus they're better every time so father god would you just pour out a fresh anointing of your spirit on this place this morning jesus prepare us for whatever it is you have this morning jesus because your ways are better it's in your name we pray
2: life has its interruptions this was one of those weeks you know what's on the spreadsheet you know what you've planned for several months to do but as the week opens up it's very clear Jesus has something else. He's pushing you another direction. And so today I'm looking forward to stepping into where Jesus wanted this week to go and to find out what it is he wants to tell you today. As we open the book of Mark in chapter 6, Jesus is very busy. He's doing ministry. He's hard at work. In the chapter we see him send out his 12 disciples all over the region telling them to, to teach, to heal, to cast out Demons. Jesus himself goes back to his hometown to to meet with people he's known and grown up with only to find his neighbors and his friends reject him and his message. And so he takes that message out throughout the region and the surrounding villages. And and in those, he finds crowds wherever he goes, not not just dozens of people, hundreds of Thousands of people. Each time he enters into another town, he is just faced with crowds. And it's in the midst of helping those people, teaching them, and loving on them. He receives some bad news. His cousin, John the Baptist, has been beheaded. Life has its interruptions. And let's face it, life can be busy. And in the midst of that busyness, it has its ups and it has its downs. Let's talk about that a little bit today. His disciples would eventually meet up with him after being sent out to the towns, and that's where we're going to pick up the story in Mark chapter 6, starting in verse 30. What we see in there, it says, The apostles gathered around Jesus, and they reported to him all they had done and taught. But Notice what it says after this. But then, because so many people were coming and going, they did not even have a chance to eat. So the apostles come back, they've got great stories, good news, but they see Jesus faced with the crowds, ministering to people, they dive in, they get to work, there's a lot to be done, and in the process of that, they forget to eat, and, and have you ever been so busy before you skipped a meal, you know what I mean, you've been so busy, you didn't have time for breakfast, you didn't have time for lunch, whatever it may be, you just didn't have the time, and that's what's going on here. But Jesus notices his disciples are tired. After all, they just got back from this trip. And so he tells them in verse 31, he says, Come with me by yourselves to a quiet place. Let's get some rest. You've been going hard. You've been getting a lot done. Let's get some rest. However, notice what happens next in verse 32. So they went away by themselves in a boat to a solitary place. But many who saw them leaving recognized them and ran on foot from the towns and got there ahead of them. I mean, don't miss this. They get in a boat to cross over this lake or body of water, whatever it is, but the need is so great, the people desire Jesus so much, they literally run around it to meet him there. That's how great the need was. And so when Jesus and his disciples arrived at the spot they were trying to get away to, the truth is, they find anything but quiet. They find anything but solitude. What are they faced with? A crowd. Another crowd. The very thing they had tried to get away from. I'm here just trying to recharge my batteries, and I've got this. Has that ever happened to you? You're trying to get some rest. You're trying to get away. But the need is so great. You've even maybe taken some time off, but the next thing you know, the phone rings, your text starts blowing up, or there's a knock at your door. Got a minute? I need help. It happens. And listen, can, can we be real? Can we just be honest with each other for a moment? Just transparent as possible your first reaction in that moment isn't always praise Jesus, is it? I can be with friends, right? I'm just as human as the next person. You're tired, you're exhausted, you just needed some time. But this thing's here. Your first reaction isn't always praise the Lord. And it gets to an important thing we need to realize in life. Emergencies don't make appointments. They don't. Have you noticed that? Death sickness, whatever else, they don't make appointments. They just happen. Notice Jesus' response, though, in verse 34. He says, when Jesus landed and saw a large crowd, what is it? He had compassion on them. Can you say that with me? He had compassion on them. Why? Because they were like sheep without a shepherd. So he began teaching them Many things. Notice this. It didn't matter what their plans were. Didn't matter what was going on or what they were headed towards. These people needed them in the moment and they had to stop and they had to be ministered to. Jesus had compassion. And for some of you, maybe you're like me sometimes. Let's be real. You're tired. You've been going hard. The tyranny of the urgent in our lives faces us every single day. For some, you're exhausted. You've been burning the candle at both ends for a long time. The reality is, you need rest. But a need arises, it interrupts that rest. And that sheep needs a shepherd. So what do you do now? What's next? Well, first, let's just take a step back, if we could, for just a moment, and review what the role of a shepherd is. We've talked about this before, but there's a lot of new faces here today, and if you're like me, you just need a review every now and then. There's four primary responsibilities of any shepherd. Feeding. Guiding. Caring. Protecting, those four things every shepherd needs to be reminded of. We feed the hungry, whether that's a physical or a spiritual hunger. We guide them, we lead them to green pastures. We care for the herding and those in times of need. And we protect the flock from wolves. And there are many wolves out there. And I wonder, if you're like me, if sometimes in our busyness, in the chaos and noise of life, in the midst of our hectic schedules, (sighs) if we lose sight of that sometimes. You know what I mean? You can get busy. How often do we forget? or lose sight of our responsibility. Because the cry of Cain and his question as he stood before God after killing his brother reverberates throughout the fabric of time. It's the same, am I my brother's keeper? And the Bible would seem to indicate you are indeed. We exist to love, to care for one another, and to show compassion. Now what's the disciples' reaction? Jesus showed up and he had compassion. Let's see what their reaction looks like in verse 35. It says, by this time it was late in the day, so his disciples came to him and said, this is a remote place, and it's already very late. Let's send the people away so they can go to the surrounding countryside and villages and buy themselves something to eat. And at first reading, you can look at that and go, that totally makes sense. That sounds good. It is getting kind of late, and we are kind of out in the middle of nowhere. There's no no food here. Before it gets too dark, let's send them off to the town. At first, it sounds right. Right? But I wonder in their hearts if it doesn't sound a little more like this. Hey, it's been a long day. I haven't gotten any rest. I'm still hungry, and good grief, do you know how busy I've been? Thanks for coming. It's been great seeing you. Have a good day. You know what I mean? I wonder if in our hearts that's really what's kind of going on there. Oh, we can make it sound pretty. Kind of like Judas when he said to, 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 to Jesus and the woman pouring oil on his feet, couldn't we have used the money for that to feed the poor? That sounds good. Was his heart in the right place? No. Even the disciples here, they're like, it's busy. We're tired. We're hungry. We came here to get away. I love you, but hey, you've kind of overstayed your welcome. Have a good day. How often is that what's going on in our heart? What does Jesus tell them in verse 37? You give them something to eat. I'm guessing that's not what they were looking for. (laughs) Probably not the answer they were after. I mean, I know what my reaction would be like, what? (laughs) You feed them. You do it. Why? Why? Because the sheep are without a shepherd. And what do shepherds do? They feed them. This is the hard part about this. This is what, I mean, I really had to wrestle with this this week. Because what's the obvious point here? Jesus knew his disciples were tired. He had already said so. He knew they had been going hard for a long time. They were hungry. He knew it. But at no point in this passage does Jesus go, You know what? You're right. You're tired. You're hungry. I'll feed him. You go rest. You go sit to the side. He doesn't. He looks at him and he says, Feed him. I know you're tired. Feed him. Keep going. Keep helping. Keep feeding. And that's the hard lessons we have to take away today. Compassion often interrupts our status quo. Emergencies, as we said, don't make appointments. And let's face it, loving others can just be plain inconvenient sometimes, it can be hard. And here's what I'm asking you. In the midst of this busy holiday season, in the hustle and bustle, in the tyranny of the urgent, and all that we have to do, please do not lose the eyes of compassion that are needed to shepherd the flock. Don't allow your schedule and the noise and chaos of life to make you forget the needs of others and make room for them in your life, even when you're tired. So let's pull this story together and land the plane. Before Jesus was even born, the prophet Isaiah would say this about him in Isaiah 9-2, he would say, the people walking in darkness have seen a great light. And on those living in the land of darkness, a light has dawned. Jesus would come at a time of great darkness. That's why he was called the light of the world. That light shined in the darkness in describing the religious leaders of the day, he would say in Matthew 15:14, they are blind guides. He would go on to say the blind cannot lead the blind. In other words, they're sheep without shepherds. The leaders of his day have failed to lead. And then as we approach the Christmas season Many of us know the Nativity story. We're going to look into that more and more in the coming weeks. One part of the story the sky lights up and the angels cry out in celebration to a group of shepherds. You ever asked yourself, why these shepherds? Why them? Why these guys? Why'd that happen to them? And growing up, I was always told, you know, it's because shepherds were considered one of the lowliest professions you can do, that, that you know what, they smelled so bad they made them sleep outside of town, that, 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 you know, it just was looked down upon overall as a way to live your life, and there's some truth to that, but if we stop the story there, we're gonna miss the bigger idea going on in the symbolism in this passage. What's going on? when the angels show up? Well, Luke chapter 2 tells us in verse 8. It says, And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. This can be so easy to miss and so simple and yet so profound. What were the shepherds doing when the angels showed up? Their job. that simple. They were doing their job. In the darkness of the night, they were watching the flock. Did you catch that? In the darkness of the night, they were watching the flock, feeding them, guiding them, caring for them, and protecting them. My dear friends, we too live in very dark times, we do. And as I look out there as Jesus did, there are sheep without shepherds, many. We have a responsibility to watch over the flock, why? Because that is the way of Christ. It's that simple. That is the way of Christ. I know you're busy. Many of you are. You may have even come here today thoroughly tired and exhausted. But the need out there, my friends, is great. And in this busy, hectic season, That we're walking into, can you keep the eyes of compassion and grace that Jesus had for those same people when he found the crowd on the other side of the lake? May we never lose that, especially not this holiday season, because the need is great. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, help us to be compassionate, caring people. May we never lose sight of our responsibility like those shepherds 2,000 years ago, humbly doing their job in the middle of the night, caring for the flock. May we never allow the anxieties and worries of life, the busyness and the hurry, the noise and the chaos to blind us from the need. Help us to spend these next few moments just resting in you. There are so many sheep that need a shepherd. Help us to step into that leadership, to know that you have set us aside from the world and sent us out to shine the light of Jesus into the darkness, to feed, to guide, to care, and protect. We love you, Lord, in your name.